Well, now, if uh, you were happy enough to stay at home and weather the storm, that's one thing, but they also got the opportunity to look out your window and see what the storm was doing to your garden. Horticulturist and keen gardener, member of the Horkin Garden Centre family, Porik Horkin joins me now. Porik, good morning. A very good morning to you, Pat. Now, you're still in the West. Are you blowing hard? It is. It's it's very windy here today and uh, certainly a, a lot of uh, leaf litter blowing around and some trees down and some branches down as well. So there's going to be a big tidying up of the garden. And look at listeners right across the country. The gardens are so, certainly, the wind has blown right through them. There's a lot of leaf litter around, Pat. That can certainly be gathered in the next couple of days and put on the compost heap. And any trees that may have been damaged, it's a good idea if limbs have been broken over the next couple of days to just prune those back to a solid piece of wood. And any timber that's over four inches in diameter, any pruned cuts that are over that four inch mark, they should receive a little bit of prune and seal, which is a sealing compound that helps the wound heal and stops the infection of fungal diseases into trees. So certainly prune back any damaged trees and any trees that have fallen over completely, maybe they've got away from their tree stakes. It's important that they're um, reconnect it back to the soil. So maybe dig out some of the soil and pull those trees back into position again. Heavier trees, you could certainly do some thinning of the crowns if they've fallen over just to lighten the weight and again, pull them back with maybe a tractor or a or a, a digger and get them back into position again. So that's the type of damage we're going to expect. We often see as well, Pat, climbing plants like ivy or evergreen climbers often pulled back off the walls, torn down or sections of it. And again, they can be trimmed back at this time of year, tightened back to the wall. They'll regrow again and they'll reconnect to the wall as the new growth emerges in the springtime. So there's going to be a sense of a, a certainly a big tidy up and certainly the pruning back of, of plants that have been affected by breaking of branches and damage in general. Yeah, we were probably fortunate that the storm came uh, so late in the autumn, really, because uh, most of uh, the, the leaves had fallen, so therefore yeah. they didn't act as sails to bring trees down. Yeah, and, and what we tend to see, you're dead right, Pat, the leaf leaves have, have fallen, certainly 80, 90% of the leaves are gone now, and certainly this wind will take the last remnants of, of any leaf uh, that might be on trees. But you also see at this time of year, trees that are clad in ivy in particular, um, they because the ivy is evergreen, and ivy tends to be quite weighty, it can add several tonnes of weight to a large specimen tree. And particularly in stormy weather, we often see trees that are knocked um, clad in ivy because it acts as a sail, it adds weight to the tree and it, it pulls them over. And I am an advocate that, you know, particularly where trees are positioned along roadways or in dangerous locations, we should try to keep them free of ivy. Ivy is fine to grow on trees in woodland areas and, and in parks and in gardens and so on where they're where there's no um, health and safety issue, but trees certainly on roadside areas that are clad in ivy, that tend, it's better to have that Should removed be because it causes there. problems. Yeah. Now, uh, this is bare root season. What is that? Well, bare root season, it's, it's a great old tradition. Um, Irish nurseries grow plants like hedging plants, common laurel, grisolinia, scalonia, golden privet, all, are, all the plants, beech, for example, are grown in Irish nurseries in fields, and during the dormant season, any time from December 
through until late February, we call the dormant season. It's actually when the plants are asleep and they can be safely dug out of the soil and put on sale. And if interest, if if listeners are interested in putting on uh, or putting in some hedging plants and screening plants, and particularly after after the storm, Barry, it, it would be a, certainly a time to consider it. This is the most economical time of year during the next three months to plant hedging plants in your garden. And you can get plants in your local garden centre literally from one foot high, Pat, right up to six or seven feet in height. So if you need an instant hedge, you'll be able to get Beirut hedging plants in your local garden centre anytime through uh, December, January, February sort of period, right up until early March. So it's, it's the cheapest and most economical time to plant a hedge in your garden. And you'll also get plants like fruit trees, apple trees, pear trees and plum trees. You'll get ornamental trees like flowering cherries and all the beautiful ornamental trees available in garden centres as bare root plants. So it's, it's a cheaper way, I suppose, for nurseries to grow plants. We grow them without pots and they're simply grown in fields. They're dug up at this time of year over the next couple of months and they're offered for sale. So if listeners are thinking of putting in some shelter screening or some broadleaf trees, my advice is to do it over the next next number of weeks, about 12 weeks of planting we have during the Beirut season. And it's a very safe time of year as well, Pat, if people need to move plants within their own garden. So if there's a particular plant that you thought about maybe putting it in a different spot, this is the time of year to tackle it. Obviously, once the weather gets back to... to um, now, uh, some of the questions. We have a landscape gardener secured to do some work in our garden. He could start before Christmas. It's a one-week job. We're getting a patio laid as part of the work. Are there negative impacts on the final product if you lay a patio during the depths of winter? Or is it inconsequential what time of year you do it? Just wondering, would we be better off waiting until July when the weather is better to do the patio? Because uh, our man is booked out until then. Uh, don't want to proceed if bad weather will affect the final product. Uh, for example, if the ground is soaking and it's laid on top or if rain washes away the bits between the slabs. That's from Daniel in Swords. Well, the main thing for Daniel to consider is if we get very cold, frosty weather, that can certainly affect the laying of patio slabs because you're using a certain amount of, of cement and, and, and that can be damaged by frost. But apart from that, if the soil is excessively wet, it can be hard to work as well during the winter period. But if it's normal soil conditions um, and reasonably mild weather like we're experiencing at the moment, then the laying, laying of a patio can be certainly done any time during the winter and spring yeah. period. So if, if conditions allow, if the soil isn't excessively wet or it, water isn't pooling, then certainly if we get a bit of dry weather, it would be an ideal time. And it's frost free. Uh, heavy frost can damage certainly newly laid plant patios. Yeah. But apart from that, go ahead and get it done. And I mean, normally what they would do laying a patio, they level the ground as best they can. They tamp yes. it down and then they use sand uh, generally do, underneath the slabs yeah. to level everything. Uh, so uh, that should yeah, work so uh, fine. It should work fine. And, and sand will go in between the slabs as well. And the rain will actually wash that rain, wash that sand in. If anything, it'll be beneficial. So if soil conditions are, are good, then work away. Will you ask Porik, what can I do about a fungus? I've got a raised bed where I grow herbs. Some mushrooms, uh, poisonous, grew there for the last couple of years. When I decided to dig down, there was extensive fungus throughout. Will I replace the soil or what can I do? That's from Susie and Shannon. 
Yeah, so if Susie is is interested in planting herbs and, and, and edible plants, it's better to remove that, that fungal growth. So what we're seeing there is the mycelium is are the roots of the fungal. So once you clear back the soil, you see the mycelium. It's a whole matted structure of, of effectively roots and rhizomes that are spreading through the compost. So I would remove that soil completely and put back in some fresh uh, topsoil, ideally some good garden topsoil mixed with some compost back into that area. So it would be important to to certainly remove the soil. Uh, how do you kill ivy from growing again? That's from Kieran. <laughs> well, remember that ivy, and uh, you know, ivy is 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 a fantastic plant in from biodiversity. It flowers at this time of year. It's actually in bloom at the moment and the bees feed on it at this time of year and collect the ivy pollen and nectar and they feed on that right through the winter. So, you know, I, I would be an, an advocate of removing ivy where it's in a da- dangerous position, but overall ivy is is, a, is truly a, a terrific plant. Um, but having said that, if you need to kill it, you cut it to ground level, you allow, allow it to regrow in early spring, and then you can treat it with something like root out or SBK brushwood killer, which will kill off the root structure of the plant. But overall, to me, ivy is, remember that it is one of the nature's very beneficial plants. The pigeons feed on the berries. Many birds uh, use it for for nesting. And of course, the bees use it in the autumn. Now, what about people who've got ivy running up, say, the front of a house? Does it damage the house? I mean, if you've got a, a plaster finish, it's one thing. If you've got bricks, for example, would the ivy dig in? It'll only dig in, Pat, if there are cracks or crevices. I have ivy, for example, on on my garage wall, and I have it there for many, many years. And birds nest in it every spring. I give it a light trimming back in early summer, and it works really well. So ivy is not a danger unless there's actual physical cracks already present in the concrete or in the uh, bricks themselves. And of course, the the stems can actually penetrate into that area. Um, variegated ivy tends to be a lot less vigorous. So if you go for varieties like um, Hedera um, Gold Child or um, Golden Heart, they've got they're a lot less vigorous and easier to maintain than common green ivy. But having said that, on, an, on a good structural wall, they'll cause no issues no whatsoever. OK, no. and time for a final one. We have a cherry blossom uh, tree with branches hanging like a weeping willow. This year's growth is almost drooping to the ground. Should I prune the tree back? And if so, when? That's from John in Dublin. Good question, John. And the time to prune cherries is immediately after flowering. So we leave them until April, allow them to flower April and early May. And then once the flowers go off them, that's the time to cut them back. And cherries will benefit from a little bit of pruning in early summer. You'll increase the number of branches and have a better show of colour the following spring. So leave well enough alone at the moment. And as soon as it goes out of flower in, in late spring, early summer, that's the time to cut it back and give it a feed at that time of year as well. Uh, Very good. Porrick Horkin, uh, thank you very much for joining us and it brings us to the end of our programme.